This is Housebound. I'm Chris. I'm Holly. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Greg. And you're invited. Welcome to Housebound, a podcast we made because we need a company. In it, we talk about things that are on our minds, and today we're talking about how not to read the Bible. Now, I just want to preface this episode by saying that the Bible can be read many different ways and that there can be value in each way. We believe that the Bible is inspired by God, and so it can be a meaningful source of encouragement and comfort, even when used in a way that was not how it was intended. I also want to say that none of us are biblical scholars, and it might be the case that not all of us will even agree. So take what we say with a grain or pillar of salt. (laughs) So I don't believe the Bible should be read as a science textbook. Um, So this is where I do believe that the Bible talks about the world and talks about um, people and history and events and things. Um, But at the end of the day, I do um, believe that it seems to be leaning towards um, that the Hebrew and Israelite people had a specific way of viewing the world and God wasn't trying to correct that way. Um, They believe that the sun moved across the sky, right? Um, Even though it's actually, um, yeah, it's actually us that move around the sun, right? Um, Right. They believe that the earth was flat, like everybody did for the longest of time, you know? Um, (laughs) And- And And uh, still do. And still do. Um, And then apart from that, like they also had this understanding of like a three tier universe. So where there was the heavens and then you had the earth And then you had um, what was under the earth. So the foundations of the earth, um, or sometimes that's talked about as the pillars of the earth um, uh, is mentioned. And so, um, and what separated the heavens from the earth was this thing called the firmament, like the sky essentially kind of held the heavens back. And that's where in Genesis one, you'll have God like separates water from water. um, And he essentially puts this barrier over top. And so, and that firmament idea um, was was a very cosmologically um, uh, Hebrew I- idea where essentially there's this like kind of like solid dome that's over the earth and kind of the rain will sort of pour through it. And, um, and so it wasn't like essentially, um, and, and essentially, yeah, like the mountains would like hold up the sky. And so that's why you'll have all these mountaintop experiences with God is because they are essentially touching the heavens, right? Mm. Um, and so that's, and God accommodates to their knowledge of the universe by communicating with them on mountains and by, um, you know, um, expressing himself that way. And so it's, and I don't think like God wasn't there to correct their science, but he was there ultimately to correct their theology. That's why God interacts with humanity is to teach them more about himself. And so, yeah, so that's kind of where I think I come from in terms of my understanding of why we shouldn't read the Bible as a science textbook. Well, it's an interesting concept because it hits on some of those big questions that I don't really want to get into. Um, in this short podcast, uh, but um, like when you look at it and you think, oh, I'm going to learn everything that there is to learn about physics from the Bible. Well, you can't 
or even about climate from the Bible. Well, you can't. Like, we know so much more because we've been searching it out and because we've been learning. Um, and the way that people wrote, I mean, um, back then is not only culturally completely different, it's also scientifically completely different. Like, there's just more knowledge in the world today than there was back then. So I think it's difficult to look at the Bible strictly as a science textbook. Um, I think it's also difficult to come to grips with the idea that every, um, like how I was raised anyway, was the, the word is God breathed. And so everything in it is true. And thus, um, there are these difficult little spots in the Bible where you're like, well, this is talking about science clearly, but it is not true. Like we know that it is not true. Um, and so it is a difficult thing to come to, to grips with being like, okay, well, this was true for how they, what they knew and how they thought of it. Um, and because the Bible was written by God through people he had to like they had used their own understanding of what he was saying in order to write what was written and so i think i agree overall i do think that it is a difficult concept for um like i from come from a fairly conservative um church background so i would say i think it's a different concept or a difficult concept for a fairly conservative church background to come to grips with I think you did a really good job of summarizing that, Holly. Thank you. And then what about, and then we don't need to get into exact answers because that'll be a whole other thing, but what about if you feel that the Bible, although isn't a science textbook, can inform either our understanding or work towards some of our knowledge of the world and, and kind of how it operates because scientists will say, I dug up this fossil or this rock and I carbon dated it. And it appears that it is blank number of millions or billions of years old. And then you read the Bible and you go, even by the most generous interpretation, it seems to suggest that the world is only several of thousands of years old, or maybe even hundreds of thousands of years old, but nowhere near millions and billions. And so then at what point, do you say, okay, I believe what science tells me? And what point do you say, no, I believe what the Bible tells me? And that might be too difficult of a question to answer. And so I don't want specifics, but just do you have any idea uh, as to how to approach situations like that? If not, that's fine. Yeah. It's kind of throwing throwing this out to you. That's that diff one of the difficult questions that I was like, I'm not going to ask them because we don't <laughs> yeah. have time for that. <laughs> No, yeah. nor, not only do we not have time, we all have different answers to that question. Probably. Yeah, I think we all do have varying beliefs about that. So so I don't I don't want a specific answer to it. I just am curious if you have an idea of how to work around that or if mm. your idea to work around that is simply don't don't listen to the Bible mm. in regards to that. Or well, you know, I think I think it's interesting too though because we look back at other texts whether they're biblical or not for science to get an idea of where to start, right? Like plenty, plenty, the elder, um, 
wrote tons about medicine that we are like, no, that's ridiculous. Like you would never tie a chicken to your, um, to your leg in order to make a lump go away. Like that's insane. Um, and just for reference, that is something that was recommended during the plague. Uh, they tied chickens to themselves and, and when the chicken died, they were allowed to take the chicken off. Might of be why the chicken crossed the road was because it was tied to somebody's leg. <laughs> Gosh. Um, like, yeah. So I think that we look, we look towards um, texts, whether they have religious meaning or not in order for a place to start, because they looked at that and they were like, okay, let's see if this actually does make a difference for the lump on your leg or not. And then they tried it. And when it didn't, this was later when the scientific method was a thing. And if it didn't, they said, okay, that's not correct. Um, that's a belief that wasn't fully thought out, I guess. And so I think that there are some parts of the Bible that you could do the same thing um, because there are some very specific descriptions i guess of things that you would have to check and see and then i think we also have to take into account the fact that we don't know everything even with science we can't fully disprove or fully prove a lot of the things that we think we know about and so the bible may be on more track than what our current knowledge is, or it may be on less track than what our current knowledge is. Like it's a ever changing and expanding question. Like it's just a huge question. Mm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like at the end of the day for myself, like I have like, and I won't get into detail, but I've come to a place where I can still believe that the Bible isn't exclusively like it's meant to be read, like as this science textbook that tells us about how the world works and, um, and all of that. Um, and yet still, I believe that what is um, written in it is true. And so um, that might be a better discussion for like a different time. But like, yeah, that's definitely, um, it's just one of those things where as I keep it in mind, like I have to understand that like, these were people that were from ages ago. And I don't think God was trying to give them any kind of like a science lecture or a physics lecture or anything like that. He was trying to more teach them about who he was. Um, and how they should be living in the world that they are living um, of that time. And because there, there's even a verse in like Proverbs or something where it's like, it's the um, delight of kings to like search out a matter, like in terms of like how pointing to, it's awesome to discover things for ourselves. And I think God has made the universe in such a way where like, it is neat to see how things work and, and to discover that. And uh and I don't know if God would want to let all the cards, you know, be displayed at the very, you know, very beginning as to how everything was intricately working. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so also the Bible shouldn't, I don't believe the Bible should be read as a theology answer book. So this is, um, this is where I, I believe that it holds a lot of answers and a lot of wisdom but I guess if you're looking for like a neat and tidy, um, what could be called a systematic theology, right? Um, it is difficult to do that. And some of the reasons for that would be like, 
Job's friends have um, a very different understanding of who God is than Job does in the Bible. Um, and in that story of Job, Job expresses a very different understanding of who God is than Jesus would, right? And so the Bible is, I believe, is more a story of people wrestling with who God is, um, and they're all expressing their different perspectives. Um, but ultimately, the story then culminates of uh, the Bible ultimately culminates in Jesus, who is meant to be truly the ultimate revelation of who God is, as he is the image of God. And by looking at him, we can know what God is like. And so um, that, I believe, is like, kind of like the full narrative. And so that's why I can't look to the Bible as like the ultimate, like, what Job's friends say is how God is because it's in the Bible. I have to be discerning in terms of like more interpreting the Bible in light of the person of Jesus and who he's revealed God to be. And then that is then how I look back at the Bible as a whole. So that's interesting because I really think what it comes down to for that perspective is that theology, like the study of God, the study of, um, religion is more a sociological type. It's more an arts type than a science type. Um, Cause you like a, the Bible doesn't have an answer key where you're like, I have a question. And then you look, go to the correct page and it gives you an answer to your question number 89. Um, li like it does in math or, or science or biology or whatever um so if you look at theology like a social question that's like you have to give an essay where it's both sides and make sure that you know what you're talking about except that you can't really know what you're talking about so just try hard that's how i feel about theology yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair yeah i i don't believe that the bible should be read as a book that proves your worldview slash theology. Um, and where this comes from is that, like, I think too often you'll have, like, pastors who will um, take a text and they'll expound that and they'll be talking about a topic that the author doesn't really talk about in that passage, and yet they'll use it to illustrate their kind of preconceived point. So... I would say that the Bible should be more informing its readers of how to perceive the world and not us using it to give us authority to our own personal beliefs about the world. I think we need to come to the Bible with like open hands and being ready to be actually corrected rather than to come to help us correct others. Not using content out of context. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it's easy to... It's easy to make any verse say whatever you want it to if you can pull that out of context because most people today aren't super familiar with biblical contexts um, because I don't think a lot of people in general would say that they have like read through like that particular book or, you know, that that verse is quoted from generally, I think, within the church um, or are familiar with it at least. So, um, yeah. Um, I also don't believe the Bible should be interpreted as a book that's written to you. Um, and let me press it, like, say that, like, the Bible was written for us, but not to us. Um, like, 
it's good to I think so often we forget that the original audience that it uh, that it was written to actually um, had their own um, background and had their own issues that they were dealing with. And so sometimes we forget that that book was actually written for a specific people like to them specifically um, for that day. Um, but then also like also on the flip side of it, it's still that, you know, that um, writing, that holy writing that can be carried through the centuries and can still impact um, how we, you know, perceive the world. And um, and it can still be relevant to us today. But sometimes we just forget that when it comes to maybe those more confusing passages, we'll be like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, but if we think of it in light of that, oh, that particular letter was written to a specific people, they're probably struggling with this. And so that's why they're talking about it, right? So, yeah. So I, th- I think I see a pattern of a lot of these things being that uh, people seem to enjoy taking the content of the Bible in over the context Mm -hmm. of it. And I think that the context informs what the content is saying. And you could jump in to a telephone conversation with two strangers in the middle of their conversation. And you could probably figure out relatively easily, generally what they're talking about. But I think you'd be hard pressed if somebody quizzed you uh, to determine whether the person that they were talking about was a person or whether it was the name of their pet, depending on the context, you might be able to discern that, but also maybe not. And so without that larger understanding, if we are more concerned with taking everything with as little effort as possible, not putting any time or pleasure into discerning and studying and understanding to whom it was written from whom and why i think that that solves a lot of our problems but easier said than done yeah i do think that can help kind of demystify the book a bit by kind of understanding that context so also and this is the last one um i don't believe the bible should be read as a book about you. So I would say that the Bible is first a story about God, and then it's a story um, about how he interacts with a people. So the Old Testament is him focusing specifically on a specific nation group called the Israelites, and he chooses them, um, and they all communally agree to follow the law together, and they all communally break it together. And God communally sets them into exile together. And then he communally brings them back out of exile together. And that communal aspect is carried forward into the New Testament where, um, and we kind of miss this a bit in translation, but the letters of Paul um, and the other letters, um, usually when the word you is there in English, we read you and we typically will think of it kind of singular as us as individuals. Um, but we don't necessarily have a plural you that, um, uh, that is used and they should, they should write it y'all. Exactly. Yeah. That's that. It's true (laughs) though. It's true. Um, y'all need to hear this. Exactly. Exactly. So, cause that is our word 
that's in English that's the most equivalent to the word that Paul would have used when saying the word you, um, because he is saying you all, you know, um, should encourage one another, right? Um, you, you know, and so anytime that you see that word you in those letters, think of it as y'all, and then all of a sudden the letters open up not as just an individual letter for just me, but actually all of the community of the church. Um, and it was, and so that's why I would say the, the Bible is not a book that's written about you as an individual. It's about us like as a, as a community. And so, um, and so the new Testament opens up the good news of Jesus to say that people from all nations can come and be a part of his kingdom. And so, um, it is a book written to us as a people and not me as an individual. And I think that can also help a lot with a bunch of different theology issues that I won't get into, but that are very individualistic because yeah, yeah. our society is individualistic. We're no longer a communal society. And I think yeah. this whole COVID-19 thing doesn't help with that as we're all isolated, right? And so, um, but I guess at the end of the day, it kind of does help reflect in the sense that we're all experiencing this crazy thing together as a people. And so um, we're all um, experiencing that same kind of anxiety or potential job loss and all of these different things. Um, and we're experiencing that together. And so maybe at the end of the day, maybe it is a good illustration of um, how the New Testament is meant to be something that like is communal and that probably <laughs> At this time, ironically, Canada is maybe the most communal it has ever been in a while. So, and those are all of my points. So, in terms of how not to read the Bible. That wasn't too many points. How many points was it? Uh, it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, if I had just done one more, it could have been a perfect 10. No. No. <laughs> Failure. Just flip open to a random Bible verse and glean a topic heading from that Bible verse and go with it. I have a Bible right next to me. We could do it. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> open it up, Ashlyn. What's the verse? Open it up. Tell All us right. the verse. Amos 8.12. Men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Oh, it's because we were doing it this <laughs> way that we couldn't actually find out God's word for us. Yeah. There we go. They'll stagger around looking for the word of the Lord. They're not going to find it. Okay. It's so applicable. Okay. Um, I'll just close with just a couple short tips on how to get the most out of your Bible. Real quick. Read for more than one translation. Don't stop at the end of the chapter just because it ends that it ends, but keep reading. If you stop at the end of Genesis one, you actually miss out on the seventh day. So keep reading to chapter two and a little bit. It's just so that you can get the full just because those chapters were not always put in the best places. And the chapters and verses were not originally there. So that's just something to to, to make note of. Read the Bible as a library of books like they are all meant to be it, the there it's a whole bunch of different it's a collection of books that all um that are connected that you can yeah you can you can read as individual books and i think the best way to look at it would be like the gospels are all individual books that tell of an account of jesus and his life but that um 
there are differences between them. And so reading them as individuals rather than systematically trying to blend them together will ultimately help bring out why those differences are there and what the author is trying to get at. Um, so, but then at the other same time, on the flip side, read the Bible as a single book um, because it constantly is referencing itself. It is a unified story that I believe does lead to the person of Jesus. And um, so you kind of have to hold both intention. And so at last point would be just a recommendation for where to start. If you are new to reading the Bible, would be check out the Gospel of Mark. It's short, it's action-packed, and there's not much, too much dialogue to, 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 to sift through. Not that, I mean, sifting is is a negative word, but you know, it's, it, it's very fast moving and it's ultimately the story of Jesus. And, uh, so check it out. Um, it's definitely a page turner. <laughs> I have a bad joke. Well, thanks for putting that info together for us. And thank you all for listening and interacting. It's a good reminder to be digging deeper and like you said, sifting through what we're reading and what we're learning, quote unquote, sometimes and what we're understanding and weighing that against, you know, not being afraid to weigh that against other sources, because if we were just to take it at face value and run with it, we'd end up living a year like the Old and New Testament laws combined, and that would be, like you said, an unmitigated disaster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We'd be crazy. Yeah. So, well, thanks, guys, for listening. I definitely appreciate and and interacting. I know it was a lot, but, uh, um, yeah, this was a a fun podcast for me to put together, and hopefully I didn't say anything that'll get me in trouble. Um, (laughs) But feel free to send your emails to Chris dot rample at no (laughs) (laughs) all complaints go to chris all encouragement to greg that's right yeah concludes part two of our episode on how not to read the Bible. If you missed out on part one, just uh, feel free to check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys.